Welcome guys to the Warwolves Community Podcast. This is Nanda, your host, and this week we are joined by Games Guru One and Echo LJ, who's going to talk us through games from their childhood. How are you doing, guys? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Been enjoying the sunshine as always. Indeed, indeed. It would be in times like this where uh, the sun is out. So we're uh, going to have a wee discussion. We're going to talk about some of the games that we played when we were younger and see if we've got any common interests, things like that. Let's see who we can get to go first, I think, because you're a returning member. You can show us how it's done. Games Guru 1, uh, do you want to tell us what your first game? Oh, go on, man. To be honest, this podcast was a bit of a challenge because I've got so many to choose from because I've been doing this a long time. But I think one of my earliest gaming memories, one of the games that really got me interested in the whole genre and gaming in general was a game back on... For good old Commodore 64 called School Days, spelled S-K-O-O-L, Days as in Dazed. It was released in 1984 by a company called Microsphere, which I don't think's around anymore. And it came out on the ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, Amstrad, Atari, all the major consoles of the time in the 80s. This is obviously showing just how old I am. It was basically a school sim which is something what hasn't really been done for years, if really ever since. It was basically, you controlled a little character, a schoolboy called Eric, who had to basically get a school report form for safe in the headmaster's office, and it was all about how you went about getting into a safe. Because you was at school, you had to go to classes, get stuff off teachers, get up to pranks, basically school stuff. The interesting thing was you didn't actually have any lives in it, Every time you were caught doing something you shouldn't be or messing around or were in general being a school kid, you got lines. And once you got more than 10,000 lines as in as a school day, then you got it spelled and the game ended. So the game could potentially be played for hours if you were careful or it could be over in a matter of minutes. It was released um, back on Steam as well in 2018 as a re-imaging called School Days Reschooled, and it's actually available now. I think it's only about six, seven pound. And if you enjoy the original, I would recommend getting for uh, re-imaging. Nice. I mean, I've, I've got to be honest; it's not one I've really well I've actually played. It's one of the first games that I've really heard. That there's been a few since, but it's the earliest game I remember where Life System wasn't a thing. I mean, it's quite interesting that it actually was judging on how you were performing because surely you can't say you died in school. So no, it's quite an interesting concept, isn't it? You've, you've probably said already, but what was it you played that on? Uh, it was, well, on my Commodore 64 back in the 80s. There was obviously the whole who had the better console. There was Spectrum, C64 and Amstrad. And obviously the Commodore 64 was a better one. Well, in my own opinion, it did actually spawn a sequel called Back to School a few years later, which included a boys' school, but also a girls' school. And your little character, Eric, obviously had a girlfriend in the other school. And one of the things is you obviously couldn't get caught in the girls' school because you were a boy. But it was very easy to get lines, and 10,000 lines sounds a lot, but it really wasn't once you got into the game because everything you did bad got your lines. It was like a 1,000 lines at a time sometimes. But it was really unique for the time. That sounds pretty interesting. 
maybe check it out on Steam. The original port they've put on it, or have they, they tried to revamp it at all? It's a revamp, it's a HD remake, it's obviously up to today's standards. If you go back and look online, I mean YouTube, Wikipedia, you can see original screenshots, and it was obviously groundbreaking for its day, it was all pixels, it was all 8-bit, wasn't it? So, very few detail, but every character, all the teachers, all the kids, looked different as well, so it was quite impressive how they did that back in the 80s. So, Echo, what was uh, welcome to the podcast, by the way, first podcast you're on. Thank you. What was your first game you chose? Uh, the first game I've chose is James Pond 2 Robocod, and it was on, I played it on the Atari Commodore 64. Uh, it's one of the first games I actually remember playing uh, when I was younger, and um, I remember it being, it was really fun, but it was also, I found it really frustrating at bits. I find that with, with older games, you know, they were really frustrating. You know, you get to a certain point, you would get stuck and you would just get really frustrated. I found that a lot with Robocod, but I still loved it. It was, you know, one of my favourite games when I was growing up. And it was, it's, well, it's released, I think, 1991 it was released. I, I am probably going to get a bit of hate here, but I don't actually think I've played a Robocod game, a James Bond. I have seen so much on them, but I don't think I've actually played one. Well, I discovered that it has been re-released on the Nintendo Switch. So I, I'm quite tempted to maybe have a look and see if I can get my hands on it. I can imagine. I mean, I think we're all looking for games right now, and going back to one for, for so long ago to kind of remind us, which gives us a wee segue into mine, because uh, my first game I actually played pretty recently because it was on a, a Game and Game Pass, uh, one of the, the Sega collection ones. One of my first games I actually remember playing, and it was built into my Master System and was the very first game that I've, in fact, probably the only game, like, video game I have seen my mother play was Alex Kidd and Miracle World. Never really knew what it was, but I got a Master System, it was one of my first consoles, and this game came built into it. So, you just basically, it was it had no cartridge or anything, it just was, if you didn't have a cartridge in, this game launched. It was really addictive to it, this kid Alex just went about punching things, really liked it, and then when I found it on the Sega collection, it was brilliant because uh, my son actually started playing it as well and it was one of his favourite games. And it was good to make that kind of connection there. So, believe it or not, it was out in 86 in Japan and was released to like, Europe in uh, 87. And I think it came onto the Master System consoles probably around the 90s because uh, I, I don't think I got a console that, that young. And yeah, it was just one. I remember the, the second level. You went into a shop and you bought a bike and then you went through a level jumping on a bike. The other thing I remember is I was never very good at it and I don't think that's ever changed with me in video game but I was never very good uh, and would maybe only get two three levels but I never get sick of it I would always go back and play it again and I think I might hunt it down again because the more I talk about it the more I think yeah why would we go with that. It's quite funny playing that game now because you get further than you did before. Plot as well this was a shocking thing years later when I discovered that um, games had plots that were on cartridge and that's what the the book inside was i was a, a typical male when i saw an instruction book thought don't need that and didn't realize there was a whole plot and everything and a story to the game it was something i wasn't that great at reading so i probably still wouldn't have read it but yeah alex kid I, I always say alex the kid alex kid to me was kind of my first game really playing i remember alex kid as well it was it was one of my favorites growing up it was it was just you just never got tired of it. I was the same as you. Never completed it. Never got all that far in it. But I kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. It was the same with Robocod as well. Like 
I don't think I ever got to the end of that game. Games were so hard to complete back then. Well, you didn't have a save. You didn't yeah. have, you know, you couldn't go, right, I'll just continue this. You could, but you had to leave your, your console or your system on all night or, you know, and that, that was just unheard of. That was back in the time. I mean, standby wasn't a thing. It was, you know, everything gets unplugged. These people that you hear completing all these games and you go, how did you manage it? Kids today are spoiled, really, with unlimited lives, continue spawn points, save anywhere. I mean, look at the recent remake of Crash Bandicoot and Spiral. Crash was solid back in the day, and it, they've not lost any for difficulty. And a lot of people now are going, bloody hell, this is hard, harder than we imagine. But remember, as you get older, your reactions slow down, you're not as fast with your thumbs, so you end up like failing a lot more. But I wasn't really into Alex Kid. I'll be honest, didn't have a master system. I was more Wonder Boy back in them days, and that was just as solid. I don't think it was even, I mean, even looking at it now, I don't think it was really solid. It's when you play, you go back to a lot of 2D platformers, you go, wow, this is a, a different way of playing. It's an interesting, an interesting way, because the whole way you've been playing recently, where you've either got free roaming, or you've got a certain path you go, and now it's like, no, no, it's just left and right, up and down, and that that's that's it. I quite like going back to things like that and just remembering what it was like. But that's a, enough nostalgia. Never enough is nostalgia. Oh, I've got a feeling that the, this, this is only the beginning. This, I mean, we're only in game one. And on that note, we'll move on to game two. So, Echo, what was your second game? My second choice was Aladdin on the Sega Mega Drive. It was one of my favourite Mega Drive games. Again, another one I never completed. I, I played it and played it and got so far. It was like a side one of the side-scrolling platformers. But it was like, you know, if you got if you didn't go fast enough, the stream would catch up with you and kill you kind of thing. And it was just, it, it was one of those games that, you, you, again, you couldn't put down, as you, you were saying, you know, about you didn't have saves back then and things. But I remember always leaving leaving it paused, especially at my grand's. I would leave it paused and I'd be like, don't touch. It's paused. Don't touch it. When you need it for toilets, it's like, don't touch anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's, um, it was released in 1993 um, on the Mega Drive and it was just one of those games I always remembered. The big thing was I would always I would always have it paused. Like my grandma said, like, we need to go out somewhere. So I would pause it and I would pause it for hours. And it would be like, if anybody touched it, it would oh, just wouldn't happen. I'm pretty damn have a power cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you come in and they'd been doing the hoovering and they'd unplugged it. Oh, that was a classic. No. The thing is, I would love to say something about this game, but the main issue I've got right now is that as soon as you mentioned it, the song started going through my head uh, because it had that addictive, that, that catchy song. It was just songs from the game, but they were in that kind of, you know, Mega Drive MIDI format where it, it just, you know, do, 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 It just, you now can't get it out of your head. It was a brilliant game. I mean, I can remember jumping up and things and, and doing it, and I again, I don't know how many levels get let past because you just didn't care back then. It wasn't a completely game; it was enjoy the game. But you know, it was a really, a really addictive game. And it's obviously been remastered as well recently. Yeah, it's another one. I think they've done, they've been doing that with a lot of the the Sega Mega Drive classics. It would be. I mean, it's definitely one I would probably try and hunt down. Yeah, it would be a a, a good game to play again. And then hear that song, and then have that going through your head constantly. It's it's the one that's the, when you think of the game Aladdin, that's that's the bit that comes into your head. The, 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 oh, straight away, straight away, yeah. Considering when it came out as well, it, they did brilliant a job of 
remastering for music from the film. It came out when the film came out, but it's instantly recognisable, like you guys said. You know it's from Aladdin, even when it's playing, and it's obviously just this beeping MIDI track, but it's so recognisable and iconic. Ah, there's uh, oh, too much nostalgia in this one. It's going to be tough. Nostalgia overload. <laughs> so, Games Guru, what was your next game? Uh, my next one was a tougher. I had to choose between two. The f- first choice was going to be Sonic the Hedgehog on the Mega Drive. Sorry, Sega Genesis over in the US and Mega Drive over here. But I decided actually on Sonic 2 because it took everything from Sonic 1 and improved upon it. And you don't often see that in sequels. They took Sonic 1 and everything that made it a landmark title and obviously a, a Mario contender back in 1992 when it came out and just improved upon it. Obviously, in the second one, you had to play co-op because you had little tails following you around, which was either computer-controlled and often just ran off and got himself killed. But you could have a second player jump in as tails and actually help out the player who's controlling Sonic because you could pick him up and fly around with him. It was, again, groundbreaking, and it was a classic piece of platforming. It was, obviously, no checkpoints. It was lives-based, and some of the levels were really, really, really hard. The chemical plant zone was a particularly hard one with all the chemicals in it, which is nerd time. The chemical what slowly rises was called Megamac, the pink sludge. But for the last level, when you get onto the death egg with no rings and you have to fight a metal version of Sonic and then Robotnik himself in a giant mech suit and you cannot get hit between either fights because you you died and started for the beginning of the first boss fight again. It was like the equivalent of Dark Souls back then because if you made one mistake right back to the beginning one hit and you were done i mean that was that you mentioned about second player and tails you didn't have to actually start a two-player game somebody could just plug in a controller and be controlling tails it wasn't like you had to you had to pick it and you could pick between whether you wanted to be sonic or tails for some things i, I thought it was great in the introduction of tails he was sonic definitely a great character but tails was one of my favorite um, I don't know why. I don't know whether it was just the the flying fox with the the spinning tail behind them. But no, I mean Sonic games. Sonic games were really good back then. Um, I mean, I said, like I say, I had the Master System, and one thing I forgot: the Master System I had with Alex Kidd on broke, and when we took it back to the shop, all they had was ones with Sonic on it. So never played Alex Kidd since it came back on Xbox. But yeah, Sonic was my next game that I played a lot of. Which is weird because I played it in the Master System and I knew people with Mega Drives and there were different games. But but weird, you know, today's standard, it's Xbox and PlayStation, it's the same game. Whereas back then they actually made different versions of the game for different consoles. No, I could say it was probably down to back then it was limitations of each of the different consoles. The Master System was obviously yeah. before the Mega Drive. Mega Drive was better, so they had to make it difference to make it work nowadays it's just like a direct port yeah i mean i just sonic was I, I don't think i've played a sonic game on a cartridge console i'll make that clear um that i didn't like sonic 1 2 3 sonic and knuckles you know they, they were all great games sonic 2 was probably played a lot of sonic 1 sonic 2 was probably the one i went no nah, i really like this so it's a good choice there good game yeah so sonic 2 is definitely one of my favorites as well I had it on the Mega Drive, um, mm. and it, it was a, it's just iconic of your childhood. Just like it's one of the games you remember growing up. Yeah. Again, another one on the Mega Drive that I never completed. 
But oh, I plead I and I plead and I plead. Well, it took a lot of goals, a lot of turns, and obviously you ran out of lives straight back to beginning, just like Alex Kidd and James Bond. I mean, that's the thing. It's um, Sonic is that well known from games many years ago. You've had them in his own movie and even making other movie appearances and things like Wreck It Ralph. It's just that everybody of any age recognises Sonic. Um, he's such an iconic gaming character. It's when you see things like uh, Sonic and Mario standing together and you go, yeah, I can understand that. We took our son to see um, Sonic at the cinema and I think probably one of the best bits for me was, I suppose it's a wee bit of a spoiler, I don't know if I should say it now actually. Spoilers. About it. Well, okay. well, yeah, we're going to gonna do a spoiler. Um, so if you don't want to hear this but you haven't <laughs> seen the Sonic movie, shame on you, it's been out long enough. But yeah, we we spoil, yeah. so if you want to skip forward maybe 10 seconds. Yeah, so I was going to say that the kind of highlight of it for me was the wee bit at the end with Tails appears. Yeah, um, that that was Sonic. brilliant. I love Unfortunately, that, just that we kind of yeah. thing like, oh, there might be a sequel. A Sonic kind of yeah, thing. definitely. <laughs> now, we, yeah. can't, we can't now say what that thing you just said was because we went by 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and the spoiler warning <laughs> is finished. But yeah. That that was definitely I, I can't can't believe they did that to him. So, uh, <laughs> my thank you for game. that, Echo. I don't need to watch it now. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Like Only I said, season. if you haven't watched it now, it's your own fault. It wasn't. Uh, it was a lockdown. <laughs> it's not really relevant to the story. It's just like a weekend at, but at the end. But you should still watch it for the story because it was actually really good. It I really was actually. It. I I went into it regretting it. Um, I went into it going, oh, here we go after the the botched how Sonic looks, and then they fixed it. I was like, what are they going to do with this? But I, I came out and I actually really enjoyed the movie. But before we start going on to another podcast, uh, I'm going to say my <laughs> second game. Um, so my second game, keeping with the Mega Drive. My cousin had a Mega Drive, and whenever I went over, there was a few games he had, and one of them was Mortal Kombat. I really enjoyed Mortal Kombat, and again, as a bad player... It was really tough for me. I don't think I actually managed to pull off any of the moves, and I still can't to this day. Combo moves just are not for me. Even when you're back at a controller that only had three buttons. Mortal Kombat, I, I loved Sub-Zero. He was my boy. He was he was always the one I went. Um, I just liked that look, that kind of ninja look with the, the face mask on and everything. Yeah, I really liked that game. Um, probably far too young to play it, but still enjoyed it. Um, originally came out in 92, it was in a lot of arcades, came to consoles and a few different ports and then obviously we're, we're right up to like Mortal Kombat 11, I, don't, I think there's actually been well over 11 Mortal Kombat games, we had the DC crossover, different things like that, but that for me was um, was really interesting and again, didn't know there was a story to it, to it until 95 when the movie came out, so yeah, it was uh, really interesting, but that is a game I could just play. It was a button basher. I never, I don't think I ever achieved a fatality. Uh, by that, he would basically say finish him, and I would be trying to work it with buttons to hit, and the guy would just pass out and fall to the floor. So that that was my my gaming, and for him to just watch me when I'm streaming, it hasn't really changed that much. It's held up well. Oh, it definitely has. It's. It, I remember the first time I played Mortal Kombat. It was at my aunt's house, and it was on the Mega Drive. And she was looking after us and um, her and my uncle let us play it. And my mum hit the roof when she found out. Because obviously, as you said, we weren't old, you know, no die, we weren't old enough to play it. So uh, my mum was absolutely raging because we played this, you know, really gory fighting game. And when you look back at it now, it's laughable because of the graphics. And you think, 
how could anyone have thought that was, you know, you know, obviously at the time the graphics were amazing. You were like, wow, this is great. But now you think, yeah, when you look at the goring games now, that's nothing. It was realistic for its time. I know that catch up as well. But I remember playing it in the arcades. My boy was Scorpion, but yeah, if me mum and dad knew what was playing down the arcades at that age, I wouldn't be allowed to go again. I was just going to say that my, my favourite character is, has and always has been, will be, is Katana. Yep. She was my go-to. Right now you can't uh, hold a, a fan without trying to behead someone. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, everyone's got a favourite. Yeah. There'll be a, a, a bad bit of insight into my life, but um, the other day I was uh, carrying on with my boys and I had found a white soft one of those stress balls and put it in my hand then flung it in a way that it looked like I had made Sub-Zero's hand movement and the white ball coming out was the the freeze you know the the ice um so yes I am I am such a big kid that I still do that today although no matter how much I told them that that meant they had to stay still for at least the next hour so I could have some peace they never listened kids Thank you, thank you. Right, so uh, here we go. Uh, what's our last game on the list? I think we're just going to keep it with Echo LJ first, mainly because at the beginning of the podcast, I should have really went ladies first and yeah, went what? with seniority. Well, I went with age. I went oldest first. So uh, Echo LJ, what was game three? So game three for me was a game called Buster Groove and it was on the PlayStation 1 and it was released in 1998 and it was a dance battle game. That you would go, it was like, it was like, you know, when you're talking about Mortal Kombat, well, this was like a dance off Mortal Kombat style thing. You know, you had, you had your life and the person who did the best dance was the winner kind of thing. Um, I just, you know, the songs were absolutely crap and the characters were, oh, just looked so hilarious, but it was just so much fun. I just absolutely loved playing it. I could have played it all day, you know, watching them, watching the wee characters dance in the screen. It was just amazing. I, I don't think I've actually seen that one. I don't think it was a very well-known game. Like, you know, everyone, I know everyone confused it with Bust a Move, but it was like a kind of, I don't even know what Bust a Move was, but I always remember folk saying to me, you know, like I would say, I, I think Bust a Groove, and they're like, don't you mean Bust a Move? And I'm like, Bust a Groove. When you first mentioned it, I thought you actually said Bust a Move. <laughs> I see. No, uh, Bust a Groove, and it was just like, oh, so did you I absolutely use... loved it. Was it controllers you used, or was it? Um, did, 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 no, it was it. It was still controllers then. We didn't have like you know the the fancy schmancy dance mats. So it was a bit like Parappa the Rapper. You had to hit the the move at the you had to hit yeah. the button at the right time. Yep. I mean that was the original. That was the original dancing games. You know you yep, had to definitely. hit the button, make your character move, and then dance mats come out, and you oh those things, it almost gave me a heart attack so many times. Yeah, I think it's it's a game that would probably keep you a bit more, God, how would you say, it's a game that would keep you a bit more drawn to it, or a bit more, you know, I have to make sure I hit this at the right time. That way you get some games where you just kind of run through and you can go, uh, you know, bring the pace down, whereas that, no, you've got to keep hitting the button, uh, you've got to keep keep up with the moves. Yeah, you had to kind of, it was kind of like a sequence of buttons, but you had to keep in time with the music as well, so that was kind of one of the things um, mm. that you had to do as well. So if you're kind of tone deaf, it was just not the game for you. Oh, well, then that's probably um, why I never played it. <laughs> but it was just, it was one of my favourite games growing up. Um, 
and I could literally have just sat and played it for hours on end and you would like go up you would start off like you know there'd be the easy character that you would have to beat and then it would get harder and harder until you got to the end much like as I say like you know you would get Mortal Kombat you would start off as an easy character and it would get more difficult ah. as you kind of moved up the the echelons of characters and things it was the same kind of idea but obviously you it's a dance off rather than beating folk up and you can't be a dance off yeah you can't be a dance off <laughs> we all need to have a dance off occasionally yeah, I think at the end of this we'll get in a, a webcam chat and we'll we'll start busting a move. We'll, we'll settle it with the downside. Busting a groove. <laughs> Definitely did not do that on purpose. Right, <laughs> so before I get shouted at Games Guru, what is your last game? Third and finally, a bit of a controversial choice, I think, with a lot of viewers listening to this, but I went with a Zelda game. However, I went with The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which came out in 2006, so it's fairly recent. And it came out originally for GameCube, but then they ported it to the Wii, and then finally the Wii U. The reason I went with this over 20-plus other Zelda titles was it was the first Zelda game since the N64 Zeldas, where I, I played it ridiculously long. We're talking hours and hours of content, doing every little thing. I am a bit of a completionist, and I just remember the story, no matter how far you got into it, the story gripped me. There's a really cool mechanic where early on in the game, spoilers, Link changes into a wolf, and not by choice, and different times of the day, it was either Link, or he went into wolf form, and obviously when you became a wolf... You, for game change, for gameplay change, for puzzles change. So it's like playing two separate types of games for most of the game. And I just remember getting finally to the end, fighting Ganon about four times because you, you, you beat him and he came back and it's like, oh, come on, not again. But it was in a fun way. And when it finally, the credits rolled properly at the end, I sat there for about five minutes thinking, what do I do now? It's like, I've, I've just poured so many hours into this what do I do next? What game do I move on to? Because it was just a big part of my life for months on end and not many games since has gripped me in terms of story and polish as that. I mean, I've not tried any of the games properly on for Switch, Zelda games, but that really stuck in my head and I know a lot of people don't count it as a good Zelda game compared to some of the others, but it's one of my favourite Zeldas of all time, even more than Wind Waker. I mean, it's a game that was one of the games when I got my Wii. It was one of the first games I got with it, and I'd never played a Zelda game. I played it on the Wii, and I loved it. I loved when you did the crossbow, you oh, pulled yeah. the crossbow back. Eh, no, the crossbow, sorry. Oh, the you had arrow. to hold the nunchucks back, yes. I yeah. played it with a controller originally, but I know they incorporated Wii movements into it, which was... Well, when you had the sword, you had to swing your, your controller to fight. Um, there was so many other things with it. Um, yeah, you had your turning into a wolf. Even the wee things from uh, calling your horse. It was really like one of the first games like that on the Wii that was that I played. It was totally open world, so you could run here, there, and everywhere, and run back to things. So no, it was a really good game. I have never played a a um, Zelda game since then. Um, but that's more out of a uh, console choice than anything else. But no, it's a it's a good game. 
Um, I didn't actually realise when I first played it that it was a report, like it had originally been on the Cube. It's a game I'd happily, I'd happily play again. It was a bit of a flagship title on the GameCube. GameCube was a really good console, in my opinion, and it had a lot of like standout titles, and that was probably my most favourite on the entire console. And when it came out on the Wii, I got it again. But it, I did like the Wii controllers, but it was obviously trying to remap my brain to control it again on the Wii. And I just couldn't really get into it as much because I was so used to playing it on the GameCube. So I didn't finish it on the Wii and I moved on, like you said, to other consoles, other types of console what didn't have Zelda games, so Yeah. It's it's not one that I can give any input at. I've never played a Zelda game. Shocking. I think I've actually still got it. If I've got the <laughs> if I can ever find the, the controllers for the Wii, I will get it set up so you can have a go. I I think we'll move on to me, because you know I like to talk. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about my very last game and it was one of the first games I got when I got a, a PlayStation 2. I remember I saved up, I managed to convince my parents that I needed a DVD player. But the better thing would be to get the PlayStation 2 because it was a DVD player and it was a console as well. So it was one less thing in my room. I don't know how I managed that, but it worked. Um, and one of the first games I got was Grand Theft Auto 3. Now Grand Theft Auto 3 came out in 2001. I would have been probably about 15 if I'm doing my mathematics right. So definitely too young to get it, but at that time nobody really cared about ages on games. Um, and I was hooked to this. It, it is what's made me play Grand Theft Auto that long. Now I played the the original Grand Theft Autos, really loved them, but this was the first one that was three D, like three D characters, um, and was really good. I also loved the the radio shows, and they've kind of kept with some of the presenters as the the series has moved on. It was something I I loved playing. And it was one of the longest, or one of the games that I've actually had took through to completion. Like, talking about how I hadn't completed games uh, in the past. This is one, probably one of the first ones that I did take it right through to the end. And it's got so many in the endos and, you know, hidden jokes and stuff like that. I, I You just couldn't beat it. Um, so yeah, Grand Theft Auto 3, that's the, that, that was one of the games that kind of shaped my gaming habit. And nowadays you're playing for new Grand Theft Auto as well. So I, I wouldn't even on. say it's new because it's six years old, but yeah, I'm still yeah. playing Grand Theft. <laughs> I remember playing like the old top down ones, like very like first Grand Theft Auto one and two kind of thing. And they were great. I absolutely loved the top down ones. You literally just ran about stealing stuff. There was no other objective other than robbing cars and killing folk. That was it. You didn't bother with the plots. I remember for London no. expansion on my first one, I played that on my um, <laughs> PC back in the day. And that was just proper, nos- like everything, it was all cliche with London and the UK in general. But yeah, you just used to rob taxis and stuff and just go around causing chaos. Didn't actually do any missions, you just had fun. I remember buying that and then discovering that it was uh, an upgrade. You had to have the original <laughs> yeah. game. So I bought it and didn't have the original and then had to go hunting for the original. But yeah, that was the game. It, it was one of the first, I think, that put DMA and Rockstar really out there. And then obviously we had Vice City, we had um, San Andreas, GTA 4, GTA 5. Um, we got GTA 6 rumours coming now. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely a game. And again, if I could hunt out the old console in the game, I would definitely go back and give it a play. Although when you look at the graphics now, it is, uh, it is crazy. Oh, it's not aged well now. But for radio stations, I've stuck with it as well. It oh, yeah. It's been iconic. Non-dial will attest this, that I, I, I never played a Grand Theft Auto game the whole time he's known me until one day he came home from work. 
And he's like, what, what have you been doing? I was like, well, I've just been playing some golf, you know, driving around Los Santos. I found this little game. the house down, you know, it was it was good fun. He was quite shocked to come in and see me playing it. It was quite a shock, especially when I wanted to come in and play it, but that's another thing. <laughs> well, guys, that was our games. Um, it'd be really interesting if anybody's listening to put in their games. So what three games did you play as a kid? If you can tweet us, find us on Facebook, um, you know, we're on most places as well, Instagram. Just uh, send us a message, tell us what your three games were. Um, so check us out. It's uh, at WarWolfC for Twitter. It's uh, slash WarWolfC for Facebook. There's links to Instagram there as well. You can also check out WarWolfs.co.uk for uh, up-to-date information about what events and that we're holding next. Um, really quickly, before we run out of time, just want to mention again, we have a charity thing going for the NHS Charities Together. We're raising money up to the middle of June, um, June 2020, if anybody's listening in the future. Uh, if you can jump on there, you'll find on our socials the links to that. Uh, jump on there and uh, we would be grateful for anything you can give to us we've actually had um, Barclays UK agree to match what we make up to the middle of June so every penny there would be great but I just want to say first of all thank you very much Echo LJ for coming on your first pan podcast I hope you enjoyed it thank you for having me yeah I did it was good excellent ah, very nostalgic it was indeed I don't know if I can actually go play a game now because I want to kind of <laughs> play something older and games guru one uh, as always it was great to have you on here i hope you had fun yeah pleasure as always it was fun as always and it was lovely to hear Ickles games and until next time yeah well that was us folks uh, i hope you enjoyed it please as i say follow and if you can give to our charity as well but i uh, hope you're all staying safe and having fun and thanks for listening bye bye bye, bye. bye.